Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. After a career spanning 138 years, Sting is going to finally retire. Not like one of those TNA retirements, not like one of those WWE retirements. No, this is an AEW retirement where stipulations seem to matter and his final opponents are going to be him and Darby Allen versus... The Young Bucks' moustaches. Oh, they were so good moustaches. Yeah, they were posing and smouldering down the lens. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D.A.D. Welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast review of a seemingly hated <laughs> episode of AEW Dynamite. Controversial episode of Dynamite. This is, we, we, we were talking about this just before we went on air. This was an episode that you rather enjoyed <laughs> thought it, a rollicking good time was what i said i i thought it was a a pretty good show t to b uh, top to bottom I, I had a pretty good time with that i thought it was a, a decent episode but what we've since discovered is apparently this is one of the most hated episodes of dynamite in yeah. recent memory so so hopefully you know be, be nice to each other in the chat <laughs> folks don't go after each other too much people were allowed to like the show people are allowed to dislike the show but no one is allowed to talk badly about the young bucks's mustaches i don't know this person here said they did look like knobs god damn it mods <laughs> ban them <laughs> boot them from this channel and never want to see their name again please of course i'm kidding please press the thumbs up button give us a subscribe leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode and send in your omega chats to be part of the discourse or read out every single one of them Live over five US dollars before the end of the show. And before we get into our main talking point, a big thank you to this episode's sponsor. It's what keeps my skin smooth despite the hideous chilliness outside. Geology. New year, new you. You can get yourself 70% off your trial set by air using the promo uh, using the promo code Wrestle70 and using our link in the video description down below, or by skewing this QR code that's just above my noggin here. My noggin that by the way looks fantastic with silky smooth skin, thanks to Geology. We'll have more on that in a little bit, I think. Yes. But first off. The main event of this episode saw Sting and Darby Allen took on, take on powerhouse Hobbs and Takeshita of the Callis family. Ric Flair was also in Sting's corner. Um, I think Sting is sponsored by Ric Flair. Is that how this works? I think so, yeah. I yeah. Think, yeah, he's the consortium, right? Yeah, the, con <laughs> the consortium! <laughs> I was told by Dan Layton that's a bad Ric Flair impression. Dan, ban Dan Layton from the <laughs> chat as well. And it was a terrific match. It was so much fun. Sting just was decided, like, I've got a numb to him diving off tall things and being caught by people. I've not got a numb to him taking Takeshita knees. Oh, the Takeshita <laughs> knees in this were delightful. <laughs> and you had Takeshita and Darby Allen as well, which is where the real, like, great, great wrestling happened. Their match last week was absolutely outstanding. They've got great chemistry. I really enjoyed the Chaos Theory suplex on the outside. Mm. Oh, it was great. You, did you see the match last week? Because you were off. I was off. I haven't actually seen it last week. Takeshita hits that spot 
three times going from the top of the ramp down. No way! Yeah, yeah hold, holds on. It, honestly, it's a cracking match. You know how good Hangman Page and Claudio was opening the show? What, what a great. bad show this was. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Takeshita Derby was better last week. Yeah. But, the, you know, both are great, but I would, I'd still think Derby and Takeshita is my AEW match of the year. I'll, I'll check it out. But I, I thought this was a very, very fun main event. Um, did, uh, did, I, did I hear a rumor uh, going around that TNA is back? Uh, I mean, I got confirmation of it here because, oh, there was some Sting walking brawl through the crowd. I was like, is TNA back? Not quite in a T-shirt, but he was in his morph suit. Well, it was cold. They're yeah. outside in January. I didn't realize how cold it was because the audience, and I'm not, I'm not doing this to set up a the audience was hot pun, although that is where I'm coming to, literally. <laughs> But I do, usually when you have rest, like wrestling audiences outside, it's cold. They're not a hot crowd. Yeah, they're chilly. But the crowd are really good throughout all of this. Very loud throughout this. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I thought that it, it, Sting doing the brawl through the crowd, you know, really did make, take me back to TNA. This week on NXT, they announced a 20-woman battle royal where it then will break down into a, fight, a fatal four-way when four women are left. And I was like, TNA is back and it's influencing everything. <laughs> Everything's cyclical. It comes back into fashion. But I thought it was, I, the, Do you the, think TNA's big signing is Vince Russo? Oh, no. They should do a gender reveal where Vince <laughs> Russo comes out first. It's a TNA legend. Then the actual person comes out. And it's Sting. <laughs> Um, I, I enjoyed them uh, brawling up to the uh, onto the ramp as we got to the, the the final portion of this. Sting did a big old dive onto Takeshita from the, the 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 balcony sort of area, and then Sting and Hobbs battled. Do you mean Do you mean Derby? Yes, Derby. Yeah, Derby, yeah insane Derby. coffin drop. Yeah, wicked yeah. little coffin drop onto Takeshita, and then Sting and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs battled their way across like the sort of what would you call that? Just like walkway maybe bit of the stage that's not covered with chairs yeah i guess so like it's not part of the st- part of the stands maybe mm. and then he did a scorpion death drop off the stage through two tables but only hit one of them because of course he did that's what sting does in aew always aims for two only hits one yeah he's you would have thought he would have found his range by now. <laughs> As they say in snooker parlance. Well, you know, in fairness, it was Hobson Takeshita that set it up. So mm. had Sting done it, maybe he would have had his eye in a little bit more. I was worried about him because that was the finish of the match. Scorpion death drop off the stage through one table. And Sting just put one arm out to make the pin. Yeah. I thought, oh, OK, he's selling how gru- like grueling that contest was. It's the most selling I think Sting mm. has done in his entire AEW <laughs> run. But then the referee checked on him. Doctors. Doc Sampson showed up. Darby looked really concerned. Mm-hmm. Like a, a loved one has just been hurt. Well, it looked like Darby looked over, saw that only one of the tables was broken. I was like, yeah. oh. It looked like, and, and then Sting wasn't really moving and he, he managed to get in the ring. I hope he's okay. He, he was on his feet by the end. He's a tough guy. Um, because, you know, he's just, it, it's the old meme, isn't it? He was one month out from retirement. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to have to end his yeah. career early. Um, but he gets up. Tony Schiavone's in the ring. We've all been waiting for it. Who's your final opponent going to be? Darby's right there. I, I just assumed it was going to be against Darby. But the Young Bucks' music hits for the first time since... Full Gear? Yeah. Because they lost to um, Golden Jets at Full Gear. They threw the... a tantrum there and that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. And now they're, now they're back... With complete with mustaches and trench coats and trench coats. Well, it was cold. Mm. You know, I don't know if the trench coats are, are part of their new gear or it's just like it's a bit nippy in in Florida right now. They're gonna wrestle in the trench coats. <laughs> I was genuinely surprised because mm. we've talked a lot about who Sting's retirement match could be. Could it be against Stu? Could it be against Darby? Uh, could it be against Ric Flair? Will they do like a trios match with Flair and Sting and Darby? And then you'll do you know whoever it is on the other side. The Young Bucks never came into conversation. And I, so I was I was genuinely surprised by this. I don't know if I'm like stoked or like super excited, but I am like, huh. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm shocked. I'm I'm surprised that this is the final match. But yeah, I don't think my takeaway was like, oh man, what a perfect retirement match for Sting. I I had the same feeling, but I also had a secondary wave of realization so when they came out i was like huh 
cool moustaches first. Mm, first off. And then uh, a few beats went by of me thinking like that. And then I felt, but they'll have a great match. They will have a great match. But like, if you've got Sting and Derby, so a tag match, what wrestlers in the entire world, whatever company, do you know you can put in there and legit have a match of the year contender? It's the Bucks. The Bucks are probably the best wrestling act working today at getting over their opponents, no matter how good their opponents are. Yeah. So I, I think with the Bucks being heel and Sting and Sting could genuinely go out on a five star match. And I don't think he could do that with anyone other than the Bucks and in a tag team format. Do you think they should win the tag titles beforehand? Sting and Derby, that is. So you've got Ooh. Big Bill and Ricky Starks defending <clears throat> against the Sex Guards on Battle of the Belts, buried on, buried away. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to see this one. Let's move past this one as quickly as we can. Play the entrance music over it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that crowd? I can't hear you. Sing Judas again. What I love it, Cub. When did you say it was? <laughs> this Saturday or Sunday? Cold like December snow. And so you could then do Sting and Derby versus Bill and Starks. Mm. Uh, have them win the tag belts. And then the match is Sting and Derby versus the Young Bucks for the tag titles at Revolution. And. Young Bucks win the belts and, you know, kind of go on into the, the the tag team era of 2024. Like, I think we needed... The tag division has felt a little bit sort of... It's missing the Bucks, in a way, even though they were tag champs. Did hmm. they tag champs last year? Was it FTR were tag champs last year? At All In, it was the FTR versus the Bucks. Thanks, Survival Series. <laughs> I think it was FTR were champs. Yeah. But I felt like the, the tag division is kind of needing some FTR, some House of Black, some Bucks. Like the, the tag match they had on on uh, Collision, Bucks, uh, sorry, FTR and uh, House of Black was mm. so good. And I'm like, this kind of what a tag division should be. There's nothing against Starks and Big Bill. It's the people they've been putting against because it's sort of been, it's fallen into the, the Jericho vortex. And they're a Franken team. And they're a Franken team. So you do Sting and Derby, they win the tag belt, and then Sting finally loses a match in AEW. They're undefeated, and one of the Bucks pins him, and they win the tag titles, and that's, that sends Sting off into the, the, the sunset. But to your point, it's likely going to be a really, really good match, and that's kind of what you want. Like You don't want Flair's retirement match, which mm. was sort of a bit sad. Yeah, I'd say the Bucks, elite drama aside aren't that good at storylines you know like name me a great storyline they've had in AEW that's not connected to the elite mm. FTR and even then but I, that's it, not as it's a series of matches and even then it was muddied because they won the tag shot through like a, a remember they did like the the ball machine like yeah the National oh, that, that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah it's like they have fantastic matches and that's what you need here for Sting to go out on I suppose the other way would be to have a great storyline and an adequate match but he's Sting seems to have really prioritized in ring work. With the with your just fancy booking there. If I I like the idea, mm. but this should have been the show where they won the tag belts. Oh, Sting and Derby. Yeah, yeah. they should have faced Big Bill and Ricky here. Mm-hmm. Um and then the challengers could that, ca- that makes nice. so much more sense as why the Bucks would have come out as yeah. well. No, I agree with that. That's a good point. Um, yeah, then I don't know if it needs the the tag belts. I, I just I only thought of it then in that mm. moment of like you can add a little bit more drama to it, I suppose, and it kind of kickstarts the the, the tag division for twenty twenty four. Because um, then like this this show has sold really really well. You know, you can't say a lot for with AEW over the last twelve or so months, but Revolution. I think there's only like a, a handful of tickets that are really left unless they open up some more um, sections of the arena. So Sting's retirement match has already sold well. So you don't need to add more gimmicks on top of it to sell those extra mm. few tickets. But maybe you want to just, you know, have Sting win some gold in AEW before before he sets off. Who would you have had? Would you have had Darby? I think he's the only real choice. And I like that Darby didn't turn on Sting, but yeah. I think you could have still done that match and had them remain friends out of respect. You could have and just then had, Darby beats Sting, puts over someone on the way out. and all. But the problem there is, I don't know how if Sting can wrestle a singles match. I think Sting has said in interviews as well, don't quote me on this, I, I believe this is to be the case, Sting has said in interviews that he doesn't want to wrestle singles matches. Mm. He just wants to do tag matches because 
you know, he's not the Sting of 1997 uh, anymore. And even then, if you're Eric Bischoff, that's a bad thing. It's not the, you know, he's not the Sting of 1995. You know, he is. He's not been working out. <laughs> he's not even tan. Where's the tan? <laughs> he's wearing a coat, for God's sake. Um, no, you want to be more like, you, you're not the Sting of your youth. So you want to have three other guys in there that can carry a lot of the load. You go in, play the hits, and go out on Jump your Jump off something tall. Show off the backs. And like, here's the thing with the Bucks is, I know that they'll have a really good match because I've seen them do it. Mm. Like they, the the Young Bucks teamed with ELP to take on Shingo, Sting, and Darby at mm. Forbidden Door uh, two years ago, the first Forbidden Door, and that was actually one of my favourite matches on the show because it was so entertaining. Because it was Bullet Club Bucks, it was ELP being fantastic and Sting being in there having fun. So I think they can have a really really good match. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Let's see what you all think on the Omega Chats, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Send them in there. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. Andy Sandbox says, If the final match is with the Young Bucks, we really couldn't ask for a better opponent. The only other best pick would be FDR from a wrestling perspective. Sting has had an opportunity to help the Bucks as much as the Bucks can give him a deserving last pay-per-view. Um, I guess FDR with that sort of 80s wrestling connection... Um, that you know that we always thought FTR might team up with Ric Flair at one point or an yeah. Ar- to complete that Arn Anderson Four Horsemen thing, but that just never transpired either. No, and we know they can have a good match with them as well because we've also seen them do that. They had the six man. It was um, FTR and MJF versus Punk, Sting, course, and Darby. The pinnacle. Uh, that Rob guy says, I was hoping that Sting would put Darby over in a final singles, build on Darby refusing to face Sting, leading to all versions of Sting to talk him, ta- taunt him. It's actually written in string here, <laughs> which I think would be a funnier version. Well, uh, Pete, Rope. <laughs> Pete, on the episode before we broke for a Christmas episode of Dynamite, did call him Ding. Ding and Starby. Did you hear what I accidentally called... Uh, What's Nick Wayne's mum called? Shane. Shana. Shana Wayne. Did you hear what I called her last week? No. Martha Wayne. (laughs) Because it was mother... (laughs) Because it was mother Wayne. And Shana. Yeah. Mother Shana. Martha. Somehow. Why did you say that name? (laughs) And Pete lost his S word. (laughs) Then he went into the office and told everybody... (laughs) 
Um, sorry, uh, back to that Rob guy. Could have even do a coffin match so Sting doesn't get pinned. Can see why a singles match is a no go. Yeah, yeah, that's I, he just can't do a singles match. I, I think Brett J. Rasmussen. That uh, the Bucks versus Sting and Derby will be so much fun. Mustache break. I did a mustache break in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I just want to bring this up again to the two people who appreciate this: Luke and Ollie. Jarrett versus Hardy was not a bad match. It was terrible, stupid, great fun. Do this every year. That's my pitch: is that Jarrett wins the uh, the Beetlejuice Championship in 2024 to add to his Leatherface Championship. Yeah, it, I, I, it's just a really good year for wrestling. That one of the best matches of the year was actually one of ended up on the worst. It was controversial uh being on the list in that i didn't hate the match i guess that was whether the controversy lay. we talked we talked about this on, on previous podcasts in in 2024 but yeah I, w- I will defend that match oh yeah i don't think it was the best match of the year but it certainly wasn't the worst match of the year for me hannah allen chats in says hello lovelies dynamite was special claudio and hangman fudging spectacular claudio could wrestle as sander and he still wouldn't lose credit in my book hangman was the right guy to go over another contender men's eight men did what it needed to ricky and sammy was fun i must admit the gear change kind of indicated a fresh slate fudge this off with jericho and focus on our women eight women's was rad potential hasn't been the issue fix it tony my patience is worn and thin lots of love fam Smiley face emoticon. Hi, Anna. That's lovely. I, I mean, my patience uh, worn was worn and thin many, many moons mm. ago. James C. Morgan. I think Joe will face Page and Swerve in a triple threat and pin Page, which causes Swerve to snap because he lost another triple threat without being pinned. This will lead to Joe versus Wardlow and Wardlow winning the belt, but he won't turn it over to Cole. This will lead to Wardlow versus Cole for the title. During that match, after multiple interferences from Roderick Strong and co, MJF will run down, clear house, and then give Wardlow the dynamite diamond ring, which he uses to retain. I love the idea of MJF handing Wardlow the dynamite diamond ring. That's actually a pretty really good sequence of booking i love that as the finish Mm. for the match that's really really good i really like swerve losing a triple threat not being pinned again Mm. um kazoo i honestly thought this episode was fine crowd was super hot opening match was match of the night i i agree on that yeah and the main event was close behind the eight-man tag matches were fine and we have julia hart's next feud with anna darby got yeeted it was a good time seven out of ten yeah they did a spot during the match where Takeshita or Hobbs grabbed him by the arms and the other one grabbed him by the legs and they did that thing that you do to like your, your little cousin before yeah. you throw them into a swimming pool. <laughs> and he hit the bottom rope. <laughs> he flew so far across the ring. Enri- Enrique. I absolutely love the hook signal. However, I was disappointed with the lack of follow-up from Hook himself. Luke and Ollie, please try and say this word. Hmm. Mm. Before we do, can we have our moderators check that it's okay to say? Oh, it could be uh, like a Hispanic swear word. Exactly. Can our moderators just have a little check, just clear that it's all right for us to to say this before we have a go? Um, Although I I, I thought we kind of had the follow up with this and they're having the match next week. Um, I'll get into my thoughts on that a little bit. yeah, I, I I agree. We shouldn't read this out without knowing what it means. <laughs> remember when Hulk Hogan went through that phase of retweeting Harold Shipman photos <laughs> because people would be like, "Ah, oh, can you do my my uncle's radio? It'd be great yeah. if you could tweet him out." My favorite Hogan is uh, Hogan tweet uh, is not ob- obviously you know much love HH uh, is is an all timer. Um, it's the one where he thought the Bam Margera had died. And he tweeted a photo of him being like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that my good friend Bam Margera has passed away. And Bam messaged him being like, I'm alive, but uh, no, <laughs> nice to hear from you. Just text the guy first. Uh, is it a, it is, the word is safe. Okay, the word okay. is safe. Thank you, moderator. Shall I have a go first? You have a go, sure. You have a go first. Parangarakutimikarakualo. Parangarakutimikarakualo. You put a bit more accent on it, which makes it sound like I was more right. legit. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, for now, bottom class. <laughs> That's not my favourite school. It says best return in all of wrestling: the return of the moustache break. Anyways, was anyone else waiting for the Bucks to open their coats and offer a great deal on Rolexes that fell <laughs> off the back of a truck? What are you buying? This will be a hell of a match for Sting's retirement. Agreed. Yeah. Before we get into our play-by-play review, I'd say. 
A big thank you to Geology. It's a new year, which also means it's Ollie's favourite phrase of when you get into January. It's a new you. This is how you're going to look better about yourself. I have quite a few uh, body issues and uh, image issues, one of the reasons why I've been in uh, therapy for the past few years. But I really have enjoyed using geology they came to us as a sponsor and i did need a good skincare routine because i don't really know what i'm supposed to do mm. i'm really bad at it it's confusing it is confusing there's a, there's too many products and they've all got words i don't understand niacinamide on the blues glue was she in nxt <laughs> but geology what you do is you do take a little quiz and it tell, asks you what do you want to get out of your skincare routines you answer those questions and then it says well cool this is what you need then. And this is the set that I have. This is the set that I use. This is the set that I have been using for the past sort of three or so years mm. now since we started having Geology as a sponsor. It's a fabulous service and you can get 70% off your trial set. So just click the link in the video description down below. Take the quiz. You get your trial set offered to you. You can get 70% off that. You can also get an additional 30% off other products that you add on. 70% off your trial set with the promo code wrestle 70 click the link in the video description down below or click this one that is above my noggin right now this little qr code i was traveling around at christmas time mm -hmm. see various family members and i didn't keep up with my skincare my geology re regime and yeah i got a skin flakes here just like <laughs> all down here i was like oh yeah i forgot what it was like to not have a lovely smooth face and a hydrated face. God, what it was like to have bad skin for Yeah. So yeah, geology. Really, it's a really good idea. Um, right, the play-by-play -play review. This episode was in Daly's place. It was AEW Dynamite Homecoming. Mm. I love it when they do. Not themed episodes, because they, they went to that well too often last year, but I love it when they change up the look of the show. Yeah. And Daily's Place has got such a unique look. The stage is in the wrong place. It feels a bit like an indie show yeah. at the Clapham Grand when you've got people sitting on the stage. Yeah, that is a weird bit. To it sit, is weird. Because yeah, that's where the entrance is. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, I just, but it just, it feels, it felt like a more innocent time uh, in the pandemic. And I mean that, I, I'm very fond of the pandemic era of wrestling and how everyone had to try and figure out how to present a wrestling product. And this was a, a quite a nostalgic show for AEW in that sense. Obviously, it's the, the homecoming. Jacksonville was their, their home for so much of the pandemic. They kept saying, like, this is our base during the mm. pandemic. This is our base of operations. And... You know, they did a lot of shows from there. We saw a lot of people debut in that era. Ricky Starks on this show. They, almost like any time someone came out, it was like, this. they made their debut in Daly's yeah. Place. This is Swerve Strickland's first time in Daly's Place. They were almost treating it like WWF did with Madison Square Garden. Like, this is their hollowed ground. No one else can do wrestling shows here. This is only AEW do wrestling shows here. And they obviously had a lot of stuff for Brody Lee as well, who had his first and last match in AEW in Daly's Place. And we had two, effectively, Brody tribute matches mm -hmm. on this card, as well as a really lovely video package. The opening match, though, was Hangman Page versus Claudio Castagnoli. Hot damn, this was good. This was great. Hangman comes out, and he is just, like, unhinged. He's got the, the beard and tash, and he just... He looks... He, it's not just that he looks slightly different. I feel like he's carrying himself totally different. And uh, as a character journey, what he went through with Swerve has turned him into a bit of a monster in a good way. Yeah, it's why he couldn't be in the C2 in a way, because you needed to keep this guy away from wrestling on TV on a weekly basis. I think he's quite purposefully growing out his mustache thicker than the rest of his beards. Which, you know, with the Young Bucks coming out with Tashes later on, like, you know, maybe they got like a little elite Tash pack. Well, hopefully if Kenny gets better quickly, he had the, the cool handlebar as well. He did, yeah. Oh. So I th he just looks cool at the moment. A lot of people are saying he stands a lot like Magnum TA. Like, he, and he really is. Like, the, the transformation's almost complete. Mm. But it's not just how his face looks, which is gorgeous. It's just, it's this extra level of intensity in the ring. And he's always been a bit, in, you know, he's always been very intense in the ring, but then he might 
be like sort of depressed hangman outsider. Mm. But now he's only angry. <laughs> he's always angry. Yeah. That's his secret. And he had this match with Claudio. And Claudio was like, yeah, I'm angry as well a lot well, of the time. And Claudio loves to fight. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's taken Finley's old gimmick. Because like the whole thing of the Blackpool Combat Club is they like to have wrestling matches. They like to have fights. It's training for them. So he went out there and he was more than game to have an absolute war with Hangman. They went like nearly 20 minutes with this match as well. This was pay-per-view caliber, I they would say. They kicked the crap out of each other. It was fantastic. First time ever as well. I love it when that happens. Yeah. And yeah, you had Claudio hit the swing. Hangman did his moonsault spot off the stage. There was a buckshot attempt that Claudio just answered with this wicked uppercut. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, you know, Paige is swigging a fan's beer in the crowd, but not in a jokey ha ha way like he used to do in Daly's place. But in a way, he's looking for a fight. Yeah, uh, he avoided a middle rope Ricola bomb from uh, Claudio by turning that into a top rope Hurricane Rana. It was like just really, really good action. And, and not a beat was missed. No. Like this, would, there was not a slight hesitation on anything. There was no miscommunication. This was like Mwah, wrestling. Yeah. This was so so good. In the end, Hangman hit a buckshot. Didn't quite get Claudio all the way down. So immediately, and like because he'd learned this throughout the match, that he needs to hit Claudio with a lot to keep him down. So he hits a buckshot, immediately goes to the other side, hits another one for mm. the win. Fantastic finish. And already, as soon as he won, I'm like, well, that is momentum for the world championship picture. Yeah. Which he kind of entered in the cliffhanger for last week. We got a montage of clips from Brody Lee's time at Daly's Place, which we, Luke already covered. And we got the first of two tribute matches really uh highlighting and showcasing Brody lee's hand-picked proteges and this one it was preston vance uh, who teamed with orange cassidy dustin rhodes and adam copeland to beat brian cage lance archer and the gates of agony but lance archer and brian cage had a falling out so that's that sort of combusted that alliance there and vance was allowed to get the win big house show energy oh yeah for this one like he went about 10 minutes uh, everyone got in, everyone did their moves. They were highlighting on commentary as well that Preston Vance has been a bit of a baddie, but here he is on the, the good guys team alongside Orange Cassidy. And who you know, they, they, the Brody Lee tribute match mm -hmm. was him tagging with, with Orange Cassidy. And here he is with other fan favorites like Dustin and, and Adam Copeland. And they were saying on commentary, it, was like, it almost feels like Tony Khan is trying to get Preston Vance to see mm. the light. They said the same thing about Anna Jay later on, because although she's been a heel, she was teaming with the good guys. And it was like, look, I know you are a baddie right now, but Brody, yeah. like Brody handpicked you to be like the next big thing. So like just team with these guys and sort of see how you feel afterwards. It was weird not to, I get why, because they're sort of heels and they're, they've sort of broken up and variously been released and gone to Ring of Honor. But the actual Dark Order would have been a better showcase yeah. spot somewhere. If you're going to do a Brody Lee show, it felt a bit weird to use Preston Vance and Anna Jay, who are probably the only two people who aren't in the Dark Order, who were in the Dark Order. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't think they're doing anything with the Dark yeah. Order these days. They've only had a series of video packages for a couple of weeks. Oh, I didn't see that. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. I'm pretty sure they did it on Dynamite. They were doing like these sort of... Like wacky commercials to join the Dark Order. Oh, I didn't see that. No, unless it was, was, that what, was in it the, like the two weeks I missed over. No, the one week I missed over Christmas. Was it only on Collision? Did I imagine it? <laughs> like I know they're doing being the Dark Order now on YouTube because mm. being the Elite ended, but yeah, they're not really doing much on TV. We got a Jake the Snake manager spot as well, which was nice to see. Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Daly's place. I was like, yeah. Again, that's what I mean Felt about very. Very Daly's place. About trying to feel like a Daly's mm. place homecoming of sorts. You know, Brian Cage made his debut in AEW at Daly's place. Uh, Lance Archer and Jake Roberts sort of formed their partnership around, you know, I think they were there, but they kind of did a lot of their partnership during that time in Daly's place. Um, I mean, the only sort of, I would say, negative you could put on this match is that they did miss the finish because um, they were like watching what Dustin was doing on the outside, which means you missed Preston Vance doing the Brody Lee uh, rolling elbow for the win. But it was good stuff. I thought this was good. Bullet Club Gold are backstage. They're talking to Renee and they're interrupted by the acclaimed and daddy ass. And they're, they're pitching that, hey, we had something the other week when we came out, last week actually, when we came out to confront the Undisputed Kingdom 
let's turn it into the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. And Jay White's like, no, that's stupid. But Austin Gunn seems tempted by this alliance. Yeah, we saw this on Collision where he's like, mm. do you know what? It's actually not a bad idea. And you know, you've got the connection there with the dad being part of uh, the acclaimed. I, my favorite part of this, though, was actually before the acclaimed showed up. And it's Renee trying to speak to Jay White about the Undisputed Kingdom. And Colton's like, no, 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 Renee, that's, they're called the United Kingdom. And Colton, and Colton goes like, yeah, it's where Jay White's from. <laughs> and Renee goes to, goes to Jay White and he's like, just go with it. Yeah. Which tells you in that one line, it's like he deals with this so much. I, uh, yeah, I think this is good. I'm enjoying it. I just, Jay White was on a rise. And then I feel like this is definitely back into lower mid. This is the problem. And I know you and Pete talked about this last week on the show. The problem you've currently got with the Undisputed Kingdom is that the big match in there is Cole versus MJF, but neither of them are going to be wrestling mm. for a little while, which just means that it's the Goon Squad versus everyone else, I guess. Yeah, we're probably building some multi-man of them versus Gang Bang Gang with... Yeah. I mean, it's probably Austin, Daddy Ass, and the Acclaimed yeah. as a four-on-four thing. But yeah, like, why not just build a cool singles feud between Jay White and Wardlow? Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe then came out, speaking of the top of the card. This was his first appearance as AEW World Champion. Got a big reaction from the crowd. The crowd are going to cheer him. I think he's probably presenting himself as a heel. It's not going to happen, mate. Nope. <laughs> he's too cool. That's the problem. This has always been the issue with Samoa Joe. Remember when Vince Russo had a real hard-on for trying to turn Joe heel in TNA? And it was like, no, people just want to cheer Samoa Joe because he's cool. You know, I was thinking about this last week. I was like, well, what, how would I book Samoa Joe as world champion? Because I was a little bit, not disappointed, but I felt like last week's episode should have had him physically there mm -hmm. as the big kickoff to the new year. I agree. And I'm like, you know what? You've just had a year where MJF is quite sparingly used in in-ring matches. What did I love about Joe back in the day? I just wanted to see him wrestle and, and like do his spots and do his three to five minute cool match. And I got annoyed if people got offense in. That's how cool <laughs> Joe is. Yeah. I don't want an actual match. I just want to see him do the hits. Like, well, Why can't you do that now? Why couldn't Joe just every week or every other week just absolutely squash legitimate people and then you start yeah. to condition this audience to i'm just waiting for the walkaway spot i'm just waiting for the urinagi out the corner i'm just waiting for the samoan submission transitions to tap someone out yeah well i this was the thing i was putting over with the the hook match you know because they, they announced this effectively on collision where hook called him out and i compared it to a match that you and i are very fond of hangman versus dante martin when hangman was world champion and they just had a really really good match and it was like Dante was never going to win the world title, but it was exactly what you should be doing with Hangman Page as world champion. He goes out there and has an awesome match. And I think you can do the same thing with Joe on top of just squashing dudes. Because if his whole deal is, you've just got to take your record to the championship committee. And if they think it's you are deserving of a title shot, you get a title shot because I'm Samoa Joe and I'm going to kill you anyway. And that's kind of what I'm, I'm really into this hook, the idea of a, of a hook match. But I also really like your idea as well of just yeah, beating dudes. Yeah. See, in my version, I'd do the hook thing in about six weeks. After six weeks of Joe squashing people very easily, and they're actually pretty credible. Mm. So when you get to hook, and hook doesn't, or like stands right back up after the Uranagi, it's like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to your point, like they don't even have to be title matches. Because if your gimmick is you've got to have a good record... Yeah, you've you got to beat me to beat me. Yeah, you could just do squash matches. You could just have matches with yeah. Commander and Brian Keith and these lads that you just like, or Serpentico, and just like, mm. you just beat them really, really quickly. And then it's just, oh yeah, it's another another win for Samoa Joe, another dominant win for Samoa Joe. Just in case my idea's been misunderstood, I would go for upper mid-carders to main eventers, like legit credible people. He's you want to, okay, so you want to be yeah. like, okay, so an example might be, give me the roster. <laughs> Okay. Claudio. You want him to squash Claudio Castagnoli? Why not? I mean, why not, I suppose, but... In a few minutes, like, um... And they need to be people who are credible, otherwise the idea doesn't work. You might as well do what you're doing now. 
Let's have a look. There you go. There's your there's your list. Oh, Action Andretti. There you go. First. Who is someone who's so not Brian Cage, for instance? Although Brian Cage would be a filler person in week three. Um, not Malachi Black, Chris Jericho. You could just squat. That actually would be great. Well, I mean, it did so much wonders for Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, yeah. Huh, there's a lot of people on this. Darby Allen. I know he's in the thing with Sting right now, but that would be a credible win. Um, obviously not Hangman because you build to that. Obviously not Jay Lethal. Maybe Jay White. It's di- it's difficult. Don't don't make me don't make me flesh out my ideas on air. Well, I, I mean, I, what I wanted you to do was just to highlight that you're looking to just squash up a mid carders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, you can. <laughs> Sorry, horrible idea. <laughs> you touched on it there. The whole idea now is that there is a championship committee that will decide whether you can face Samoa Joe. Yeah, you don't get title shots around here by complaining on this microphone or with your ho-ass tweets. Mm-hmm. Take that, Jinder. You, uh, you just get title shots by having credible wins and losses. So, yeah, well, we, I don't know if we'll know who the championship committee is. I, I like... It's TNA management. <laughs> <laughs> the computer. <laughs> It's. I like the idea of Joe just being the championship committee. <laughs> Knocking on the door to me. I just, I'm here to meet the championship committee, and it's Joe. And <laughs> I'm here talking to him. So this brings out Swerve Strickland. He's with the Mogul Embassy. Oh, awesome. So cool. Um, and then Hangman Page comes out and interrupts Swerve, putting forward his case. Swerve just walks off in a cool way, but I, I, I detected a hint of fear in there of Hangman. It's almost like, well, yeah, because Hangman was like right in his face, and Nana was the one to sort of pull him aside. And actually, you can hear Joe off mic being like, Nana, you want to take your guy away? Mm. Like, you want to sort your boy out? And yeah, like, Nana almost convinces Swerve, yeah, I don't think this is the time. I think we actually might want to move away from this man. Which is very cool. I loved Swerve in this segment. He was so, so awesome. He just walks out being like, hey, you know what? might have heard of the thing i did with hangman last year thing is that that wasn't personal i was just looking for a shot but he wanted to make it personal mm-hmm. so I, I really really made it personal with him and the same thing happens here with you i just want the world title and that's that's not a personal thing but if you want to make it a personal thing i'm very happy to do that it's so cool and collective yeah. and such a contrast to hangman's unhinged energy because hangman comes out and he's just like it's like 2023 was actually a pretty good year yeah. for me. I beat Moxley in a Texas death match. I reunited with the elite. I did blood and guts. I did anarchy in the arena, but I did not win the world title. Therefore that year sucked. And 2024 is going to be a much bigger year for me. So I guess Joe will get back to them. I don't know how this uh, submission process works. I've just, been, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's, is he put the paper in the Kikita clutch? Is that how the submission? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, really enjoyed joe just standing in the corner just smirking away mm-hmm. at all of this because this is what joe wants he wants spirited competition coming yeah. after him for some and he's just being like look at these guys so then hangman also walks off i think we're we're going towards uh revolution three-way yep. like that chat said um but then the hook signal hit <laughs> it literally had uh, like a bat signal in the sky for even though his music was already playing so we knew he was coming out right? yeah and hook is all over the tron and stuff and <laughs> joe's looking at the word hook and it's only when he looks up and he sees the word hook again that he seems to show realization <laughs> i think uh this hook man <laughs> might be uh, coming out to face me here hook comes out stares at him and then he just says one week. Mm-hmm. That's all he had to say. Which is, but it was coming out. It's already been decided by the championship committee. One week. Mm-hmm. Facing you in one week. And you've got one week left with that title belt. And that was done off mic. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is unfortunate. It was cool. Coolly done. But then Excalibur says it. Oh, you know, the next week we'll have this match. It's been made official. You're missing out on the pop. Mm-hmm. I, would have, I would have had Hook maybe just grab the mic and just say exactly the same thing. You get the crowd pop. Because so I don't think they heard it. Yeah. And that, they were a hot crowd. Yeah, they he, could was have reacted doing, he was just putting a one up in the air, yeah. which is, is not enough to convey what you're trying to say. The Usos? <laughs> Tony Storm was talking uh, backstage. She hasn't seen Mariah May's debut match yet. And she, hasn't been, she got sent a screener mm, of it. Very funny. Not, not funny where I would la- <laughs> laugh, but it's witty. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, call that Wendy Richter again. 
and she'll be scouting this Diona Palazzo. Is that what she called yeah. her? Uh, Ricky Starks took on Sammy Guevara next. This is ahead of their tag title match at Battle of the Belts this Saturday. Not the smoothest match, but I was I was sort of getting into it, most mostly in the commercial break. I really enjoyed the Angels' wings on the apron yeah. to go into the commercial break. Yeah, yeah, that was the best spot. It was. And then out of nowhere, but it was 10 minutes in, I guess, Sammy Guevara hits a super kick, Starks bounces off the ropes, falls over, and Guevara rolls, well, not rolls up, but it gets a kind of cradle Techn- technical thing. Technical pin, I guess. Yeah. And that's it. Quite a quite a shocking ending. Don't know if it fully worked. I don't think so either. This this was really here to be, hey, Daly's Place. Mm. This guy debuted in AEW Daly's Place, and look where he is now. He's a tag team champion. Sammy Guevara met his wife at Daly's Place. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> not, not that one. He met his, met his new current wife <laughs> at Daly's Place. And, you know, now they're going to have a, a, a little match together. Mm. Um. I guess what they could have been doing is is putting over the idea that Starks has a weak chin. He got knocked out by that super kick. Mm. So one, two, three. That's how they could lose the belts on Saturday. His, uh, his finish is all chin-based, I guess. <laughs> and Ricky goes to shake Sammy's hand afterwards. Sammy, because he's a baby face now, means his IQ drops about 50 points. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll shake your hand, Ricky. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's Daly's place. And, <laughs> oh yeah, it's that's on this occasion. I mean, yeah, he's a thicko. He's he's a baby face now. Big Bill obviously attacked him from behind, but in a stroke of production genius, AEW had Chris Jericho come out, make the save, while playing Judas by Fozzy at the loudest possible volume and not stopping it. Yeah. So you couldn't hear the booze. I, th- I mean, I don't think people were booing either. No. I think people were singing along because it's hard not to sing along. It's a party atmosphere. And yeah, it sort of gave the, the angle of what this is, is a, a, a wild thing, anarchy in the arena vibe. And they, they thought it was actually a pretty hot brawl. It was exciting. Yeah. And a good go home angle for that match. Because I think they're having a street fight or a false count anywhere match or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, of course. Chris Jericho isn't everyone's favourite at the moment. Mm-hmm. The next match was the second Brody Lee tribute match. You had Anna Jay was the sort of Brody Lee protege. She was tagging with Thunder Rosa, Willow Nightingale, and Chris Statlander. Stokely Hathaway was quite funny here, uh, holding up a sign in the crowd. Yeah, let me be your manager. Yeah, it was, it was a sign that was like <clears throat> Chris Statlander should be managed by Stokely Hathaway, mm. and so Chris pulls it down, and Stokely's holding it. Yeah. It's funny, he's got the same thing as Tony Storm, though, where I'm just not finding this stuff funny, yeah. and it's being done a lot, but I can see that it's funny. Mm-hmm. So all the power to people who get a kick out of it, but I'm not getting much from it. They took on the heels of Soraya, Ruby Soho, Julia Hart, and Sky Blue. Julia Hart and Sky Blue are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name? Was it Ringside? Harley Cameron. Harley Cameron. Did you see the thing that they did uh, a few weeks back and the, the Dynamites just after Christmas? Yeah, I've got a knife. Yeah, she's she's well into knives. I think the, the joke was, because me and Pete had a good old giggle about this, I, I believe the joke was is that Soraya is planning to stab Ruby in the back and Harley Cameron took that literally, so brought a knife with her. Yeah. It's really confusing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do with this debut. Soraya's brother, I guess. It's, it's yeah, all, all going to yeah. lead to that, maybe. So Willow, Willow Nightingale was worked over during the break. Match breaks down. Eight woman suplex spot, and Anna Jay faces off against Hart, but Hart sort of is pushed out the ring. Anna Jay taps out Sky Blue to win. Yeah, uh, they announced later in the show that it's Battle of the Belts. Uh, Julia Hart defending the TBS title mm. against Anna Jay. Got a video package of Wheeler Utah challenging Eddie Kingston for Rampage. Was that for the, the Triple Crown belt? Or yes. was it for the ROH belt? No, or was it for the, it for the New the, Japan Strong the belt? The Continental belt. Or was it for the pure... Right, okay. A lot of belts on that guy. Yeah, and you know, me and Dan talked about this on the Collision podcast, but the, the, the modern day Triple Crown champion sort of falls apart a little bit when you are challenging for individual belts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was not what I was promised, I feel. No. This is, it's not what I would have done. I'm just going to pretend there was nothing attached to the C2. Just bragging rights. <laughs> and that's more enjoyable. Yeah. Roderick Strong then took on Brian Keith. I really like Brian Keith. Good He's luck. been around a lot on TV recently. Yeah. Um, Strong had a, as good a match as you can have 
in four minutes. Mm-hmm. Bit back and forth. Strong got the dominant win. And then Adam Cole, the whole Undisputed Kingdom was out there. They cut a promo afterwards. Cole said, this place is going to change. Talked up every member of the faction, how he respects them all. And yeah, that's it. More of the same as last week. That was my Mm. thing with it. It was borderline the same promo we had last week. And it doesn't have the same impact when Bullet Club Gold are not trying to run out and run them off or the acclaimed aren't coming out after them and i'm like well where were you during the bit when all the world champion people were going after like why wasn't wardlow out there to be like hey this guy's gonna be coming after your world title we had a deal joe yeah like where's where's all that stuff yeah i i i don't think this is an optimal follow-up from last week i agree and even the rest of the show last week wasn't an optimal follow-up on that opening segment pete was pushing hard for strong to just take out Cassidy after his match against Dante Martin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. You should have done that to have a championship match on this show and then just put the belt on strong, I think. These lads don't feel like the putty patrol that were throwing people through windows. Mm. You know what I mean? In a good or bad way. In a in a bad way. They just feel like they don't feel well, they, well, like okay. the putty patrol. No, in the sense of, you know, they were like, they threw people into cars. They mm. were throwing people through plate glass windows. Now they just feel like a bunch of lads. Well, you know, people are a lot, lot bolder behind an anonymous account, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would have had them way more on the show yeah. and to have done something impactful already. Obviously, they turned on MJF, but we've, yeah, I'm worried that they're not going to pull the ultimate rocket trigger or they're just going to feel like the firm 2.0 i mean last week that was my thought when i saw the promo last week that's one of the few things i did see last week was the the promo segment and i was like this almost is exactly what they did with the firm which was stokely said here are all of the titles that Mm. these people are going to be going for but i thought i I mean i must say i thought that segment was terrific Mm -hmm. it was the stuff afterwards that i was like oh you could they just said they're going to change AEW and then they go home. <laughs> I mean, uh, also, did, I can't. Did you say this already? That they could have come out in the Joe segment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Roddy having to pick up wins or momentum doesn't matter for Orange Cassidy because he's given anyone a title shot. No, but I think you want to show someone getting wins on TV and looking impressive in those wins so that when they do do the title shot, you believe that Roddy could win the belt. I I would argue for an instant boom. Roddy's serious now. Mm-hmm. Whole new repackaging in this faction wins the title immediately. Yeah. I don't think you need to build him up. Uh, Parazzo said backstage she's going to make her debut on Collision. And turned down a match with Red Velvet. No, they ha- she's having a match with Red she's Velvet. Ha- I thought she walked off and said no. No, they announced later on that it's her versus Red Velvet. But she said no here. No, what she said was, because Red Velvet walked in. I th- I th- she's staring. Well, yeah, I, th- I found this to be relatively confusing as a segment. Because Diona Parazzo said, I'm having my debut match on... And I think she actually already had a match in AEW, but... I'm having, oh, yeah. my, I'm, yes. I'm having my match, or is that just all in? Maybe as an AEW talent, I'm yes. having my debut I'm, match. Anyway, I'm having my collision debut, and Red Velvet walks in and says, it's funny, because I'm also having my collision debut this, this coming weekend. I was like, against Perezzo, or in a, <laughs> in a different match? <laughs> Surely the, the match has been booked. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> like, they, they tell them individually, you've got your debut match, but I won't tell you who against. And then yeah. bump into each other, I was like, I'm having my debut match this week. <laughs> but me too. Yeah. And then we got the main event. Overall, I thought this was, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid show. Great wrestling, particularly with the opener and closer. Yeah. A few bits I would have changed, but overall, I had a really good time. 80%, four out of five. Four out of five show for me as well. I enjoyed it. Um, let's say a big thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon before we get into the remaining Omega Chats. Uh, I want to go over there because we've got a Survival Series Thunderdome edition going exclusively on there tomorrow. Tomorrow. If you really enjoyed the first episode, you're going to love this episode as well. It's from the people who have seen it so thus far. I think it's a pretty controversial episode. Uh... I won't say anything more than that, but there are some moments in there 
Adam Whitney, the editor, even edited in a, a, a clip from the Inbetweeners where um, it goes, I don't know, mate, that's a bit dodgy. In terms of how far people are getting through and you know, mm. whatever assistance they might be getting along the way. Oh. I'm just going to say that now. Oh, my word. But it's really, really fun. It's a very, very funny episode. Stephen Larson return. SP3 returns to defend this belt. Uh, Ace trainer Liam and Dan Layton will become mm. the first person to have been in both the normal and Thunderdome versions of Survival Series. Excellent. So, yeah, so it's really fun. That's going live tomorrow. And a big thank you to our wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. The heir to the throne, Kate Ayers. Two lot to handle, Lottie McClough. Manipulating Manny Amaria. The needs of the Manny Connish outweigh the needs of the few. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Max Kurt Wallander Wallen. Michael Mark for Life Plowman. The Batsman, Nathan Baddy. The intriguing infrared near Alfredo Wheel. Leader of the Brass, NJ Hornsberg. Parking lot brawl champion, Parker King. That is your Hall of Fame class for the 11th of January, 2024. Big thank you to today's sponsor, Geology. Uh, link for that is in the video description down below. And hey, if you're in the mood to click links, why not get your tickets for our Royal Rumble watch party, which we'll be doing on the 27th of January. Tickets are now on mm. sale to everyone. We had a great rush of pre-sale tickets from those who came to our Survivor Series party and now the rest of you can get your tickets to what is going to be such a fun event. I cannot wait to do a Royal Rumble in a room with over 100 people. It's, it's going to be so much fun. I, you know, I made the point on the Collision Review. Someone did correct me quite correctly. 58 times, sorry, 56 times we'll all be able to count down from 10 and go, eh, and I guarantee you by number 56 it still won't be boring i don't care about the counting there's only one pop i'm interested in cm punk is your men's royal rumble winner he's 2023 also ruining cody rose finishing his story oh who isn't <laughs> get in line Yes, please join us there. It'll be a lot of fun. I can't, I cannot wait. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Remaining live, live Omega su Chats. Live survival series. Kid Cuddy says... So, there's the T in that Tony Khan stand for Toxic Tantrum or Troll. Luke, you were right that both sides probably won't convert the other side, but the more he does stuff like this, you can turn your loyal side against you. Anyway, this was an okay dynamite, but just okay. Three out of five. I, I disagree, because I think that if, you are, if you've got your flag planted firmly in the AEW ground, you will look past it, even if mm. you don't think it's a good move. And I don't think it's a good move. I don't think his tweets actively help the promotion that's what i was saying in the news yesterday i don't think it's actively helping promoting his product which is why he's doing it but if you've got your flag so if you've got your, your aew scarf so tied so tightly around your neck that you're cutting off circulation to your brain you're not going to be changed by that no matter what he does you're not going to be changed by it. that's how tribalism works we've lived through it we were tna diehards in the late noughties and every time one of the officials would say something bad against wwe would be like yeah yeah even though TNA was actually crumbling in front of our eyes. Yeah. Uh, Vince by Stardom says, I don't think the Young Bucks will be in Sting's last match. I believe they are just there to fill the gap. As Sting's last match is on March 3rd. I have a strong feeling that Sting will choose Darby as his final match, not as an adversary, adversary <laughs> but as dad to son. This has got strong. It's not going to be Baron Corbin, mm. guys. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be AJ styled. We're just going to do the Baron Corbin thing first. It's going to be John Cena. It's going to be John Cena. We've just got to get through that. It's a ruse, everyone. You're being you're being worked. Oh, oh, that hurts that you brought that up. This is way better than Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle as a retirement match. A little correction. Deonna lost the ROH women's title on AEW Dynamite in 2022. I was Which right. was a bad idea. Yeah, you hated that match, didn't you? Yeah, well, it was just it made no sense why would anyone get interested in it 
in the audience. Well, the women were main eventing, Ollie. That's the that's the picture you. Yeah, but you can't just hating women. You can't just put them in there without any storyline build. What do you want them to do, Wally? Give them stories. (laughs) There isn't enough time on TV for that. We gave them the main event. What more do you want? James Zimmerman says, gosh, I love wrestling. We can get in the weeds about 80, 85, 83%, but at the end of the day, wrestling is so much better than it was back in 2010. Take a second and appreciate this new wrestling boom. Wrestling is amazing again, and I can't stop smiling. Absolutely. Peace emoji. Blake Whitehouse, Joe just won the titles less than two weeks ago. Even if Swerve was his first challenger, people will, people would either be upset that Joe would either be a transitional champ or that Swerve lost. Also, Tony is just mad. Jinder has a top 15 greatest of all time theme. The Jinder rehabilitation train is in, in full effect. I talked to you about this the other day, but we have, we have now got to the point, because it's been seven years since he was WWE champion, that people are now nostalgic for Jinder Mahal as WWE champion. I think Jinder's also a bit of friendly fire here because by all accounts, lovely Lovely bloke. bloke. Lovely bloke. And Tony just took a shot at him. And, you know, took a, technically took a shot at his kayfabe character. But I think a lot of people are like, what? Hang about. <laughs> well, he was taking his shot at WWE. Yes. Yeah. But by extension, you're taking a shot at Jinder, which is why it's Corey friendly go- fire. Yeah, which is why Corey goes like Jinder rules, and mm. everyone's like, "Yeah, Jinder's just a really nice dude." I actually think that Jinder's managed this and handled this really, really yeah. well. His tweet was genuinely really funny. It's a shame that the WWE PR machine clearly told him to delete mm. it because I thought it was very, very funny. What was the? I did, he just I tweeted, "Who TF is Hook?" Oh yeah, no, I didn't see that. <laughs> it was great, and then he was on the bump, mm-hmm. um, promoting the fact that he's going to be getting this world title match, and he was like. Look, it's been a great 2024 for Jinder Mahal. I was having a great time on Raw until The Rock ruined everything for everyone. And now I'm going to be... I told Seth Rollins exactly what I think of him. I was trending all day on Twitter. Yeah. And he had a, like a really good chuckle about it. He's like, it's you know about time people have recognized that I make changes around here. On the other part, Blake, I think if you do a triple threat with Paige involved and Paige takes the pin, that's how you get through that choppy section. Patrick Eddy, sorry I just have to say this before I forget. If Edge, CM Punk, FTR, Randy Orton, Riddle and Pete Dunne were in a faction, guess what they would be called? Rated CMFTRK bro swoos awaits. <laughs> oh, I mucked it up. Rated, rated CMFTRK bros awaits. Okay, 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 fine, I'll leave now. No need to use force. Jam that champ. That's good. Very good. I actually enjoyed that. Kevin, just bought my tickets for the watch party and for my first ever wrestling show, Progress, Chapter 162, the day after. I'm going to be real knackered at the end of the weekend, but I cannot wait. Also, Ali's first match post-WWE is available on YouTube for free. I think Ali's on that Progress show as well. Mm, Yeah, he is. Uh, Whips. Well, we'll see you there. Be more like Kevin, everybody. Buy your tickets. Yeah, and they are selling <coughs> fast as well. We're keeping an eye on it. Whipster 180 says, Agreed. If the Continental title can be separated, it would be stupid. But imagine a world where the Continental title unifies with the Intercontinental title. Some <laughs> kind of Intercontinental title or something. Yeah, it fuses with the International champion. International. Sorry, I mucked up your joke. That's very good, Whipster. That's a very good joke. Uh, Just Donny, 27-month month memberg. <laughs> Whee! And this is Brett J. Rasmussen from the Raw Review, so I'll let you... Uh, this so we were talking about Star Wars on the things we were talking about this sort of like mm. people are now nostalgic for gender and I was like yeah because it's been seven years if you were 11 you're now 18 which means someone you hated as a WWE champion as a child you are now an adult and they're like looking back with your nostalgic eyes on something that was objectively rubbish and I said I've been through this people keep trying to tell me that Attack of the Clones is a good movie when we all decided in 2002 it's not a good movie and if you were eight you're now actually 28 almost basically and someone in the chat was like luke is wrong attack of the clones is the empire strikes back of the prequel trilogy (laughs) i mean narratively it is the second one it is (laughs) and you know people left the theater after empire strikes back being like what are these characters going to do next what does this mean for the franchise and everyone came out to have the clothes being like what does this mean for the franchise what a state it's found itself in but anyway brett here says i need to hear your opinion on the chat about episode two is the prequels version of empire strikes back no no that is wrong my good sir empire is one of the best movies out there and the best movies best star wars movie next to jedi yeah, so I think Brett's, Brett's agreeing with you there. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And a few people uh, pointed out to me, it was like, yeah, well, I mean, I thought the prequels are good. They're better than the uh, the, the sequels. I think that's a good argument. Because <laughs> <laughs> Rise of Skywalker is one of the worst 
things I, I've actually unfortunately ever seen. I like Rise of Skywalker. And that is a movie made by committee and it mm. shows on screen. But it's it, so stupid. There's also a kind of teenage fantasy booking <laughs> overload to it, which it does, I get a kick out of. It does feel like fan fiction yeah. on screen, which is which is a there's fun so many ships at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so many Jedi oh my And then God. all of the Jedi show yeah. up. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's all we've got time for today. Please go over and buy a ticket to the live event. We're just going to have the final poll results as well. We are indeed a 71% thumbs up, which is low mm. uh, for Dynamite. Mid 22% and the rest are thumbs down. Uh, and also go and support our sponsor, Geology. They're a terrific service and you'll get a lot of value out of them for your lovely skin. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. Oh, actually... Go over to No Rolls Bard right now. Don't leave us. Because in under an hour's time, wrestling is going board games. Because we're going to have something called the Crokinole Rumble. It's a new event that we're trialling in this Royal Rumble month of January. Where we're going to have nine people play and eliminate... We've tried to make a board game into the Royal Rumble. Crokinole, it was the best choice for this. And we've come up with something amazing. So... Obviously, Tempest has been off. Tempest is like Crocodile is Tempest's game. He loves mm. Crocodile. He was aghast at the the rules changes that we've made for the Crocodile Rumble, but he's been assuaged because we tested this out and it's really fun. I think we've made it better. <laughs> but yeah, go over to No Rolls Bard now. The live event there starts in just under an hour, and yeah, it'll be an hour long. It'll be a fun game. The winner goes on to face the Lord of the Board winner, John Gracie, to crown the first ever Board Game Club Championship, or whatever we end up calling that belt later in the year. For now, I've been Ollie Davis. It's been Luke Owen. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.